Whether you've just woken up, whether you're falling asleep, or on that Zoom lunch break, I hope you're having a beautiful day. That was our theme song, Through the Mic, <laughs> by Ibu Karel. Go check him out uh, for more of his music. This is the third episode of Through the Mic. Mm-hmm. I'm Will. And I'm Malcolm. And today is Tuesday, October 27th. And you're probably hearing this after the 31st. In fact, I know you are because that's when we're dropping our show. But that means there is still time to vote. And it, we here at Through the Mic believe that it is so, so, so important to exercise your voting rights, especially in this election. We don't want to tell you who to vote for, but it's super important that you get to the polls and vote. That being said, let's get into the third episode and our guest today, Bodega Kitty. What's up? Here. How are you? Yes, Bodega Kitty is a spoken word poet, multifaceted artist growing up from in the uh, Washington Heights. And we're happy to have you here. What's it going? How's it going? It's going good. Just, um, you know, manifesting, putting good intentions out there. And seeing it come back tenfold has been a brilliant week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's good to hear. So we, we, we want to know a couple of things starting out, like with 2020 being such a revolutionary time for everybody. We want to know, like, how are you, you know, maneuvering your way through it? And how are you staying positive and enlightened during these times? Well, definitely during these times, I've been focusing on my craft and spending time with people that mean a lot to me and seeing how what we serve in this world besides being like tools to capitalism. So now I see a lot of my close friends being even more invested into their own craft and sustainability, um, you know, beyond your average nine to five. So I definitely mm-hmm. feel like it's it's a time for people to, to work on the things mm-hmm. they've been putting to the side. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and just making more room for community and um, empathy, because I think empathy is revolutionary. Mm, so I'm just keeping the vibes good, um, you know, making sure the infrastructure is watered so I can keep flowering. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And the whole idea of like that nine to five has really been getting me lately because mm-hmm. it really shows now more than ever, like your worth as a human being. You know, when you work from this time in the morning to this time in the afternoon and you get paid this amount of money per hour, it's easy to think, wow, mm-hmm. like, am I only worth uh, 10 to 15 Marxism. An hour? That's Marxism, bro. Yeah. yeah so it, it's very important that we start to hone in our own uh, craft and power. Yeah. And sometimes that nine to five is necessary, you know, so mm. there's no shame around that as well. Um, just as a creative speaking for myself, and maybe this will ring true to others. You know, if you are working that nine to five and you're hustling and you got bills to pay, make sure you're taking time to invest in yourself as well. Of course. You know, course. because we invest our time and energy into these corporations, into these jobs and stuff. You have to make sure at the end yeah. of the day, you know, you have to find balance. And I say that as a Capricorn mm. who, who tends to put work <laughs> in front of my own health. And I'm trying to find that balance. And not only having the, the resources and capital I'm able to obtain through the, through, you know, working, but also making sure it like goes back into myself because that peace of mind and like liberation you get when you can like truly Live a life where you don't have to perform to any degree and walk into environments and be like, I'm me. That yeah. that pays off at the end. So if you're hustling mm. and you're doing that nine to five, just keep it grinding, but make room for yourself just like you make room for your customers. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you start waking up to these ideas? 
like take me through your spiritual journey <laughs> oh for sure i mean hmm that's really complex i've had yeah. a couple breakthroughs yeah you can start wherever. i've had a couple breakthroughs um but i think at the end of the day like i like i stand what i said where empathy is revolutionary especially in um when when we live within these systems that do so much to divide us through classism, mm-hmm. through racism, through colorism, through society standards and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just being in these environments where people feel like they have to be X, Y, and Z, and then um, because they're they're so trying to chase what everyone else is doing, they tend to um, what do you call it? Be be a little, you know what do you call it not totally welcoming of in the individualism like i don't know how mm-hmm. how to say that like a lot of people um sheep yeah sheep yeah clone because i think everyone <laughs> it's easier to digest when somebody popular or a celebrity is doing something unique or cool and it's really awesome but like gotta you know there's a bunch of people around us that are like that so i think empathy mm-hmm. like goes to all degrees which is like for me personally like honoring the people around me at every stage of yeah. their life and stuff like that and then having that understanding because i feel like at the end of the day like truly how you navigate this world is through how um what do you call it Sorry, brain fart. <laughs> um, like how you navigate this this world is definitely it really matters how you how you treat people. Everything. So yeah. many people are going through so many things. But also in contrast, coming to duality, one of my breakthroughs was even though you can be selfless sometimes, you ha- do have to remember like this is your time this is your lifetime yeah and sometimes when you do things to better yourselves people might find you selfish mm-hmm. um so that's what i learn when as i get my shit together is um you know like sometimes when you get your shit together people i don't know <laughs> no like i see what you mean and we yeah. see that with like families and just uh-huh. the closer you are with people because it's very easy especially during a time when we're yeah. expected by the government to stay inside and mm-hmm. and stay have that solidarity to ourselves you want to like connect with your loved ones yeah. but this is also the time for many people me like included um where you have to go on that journey of like self-realization and mm. like, okay, like if this is my time to myself, like yeah. how can I come out of this year uh, with a different mindset, with a higher mindset? Yeah. Yeah. And I loved what you said that some people can view that as selfish, but it's not, it's health. Yeah. yeah and, uh, You're taking care of yourself and it's yeah. and like, like everybody's different. So everybody has their own way and time mm-hmm. to understand that. And it, when Word. it's for people that we care about, we, we make the effort. Yeah. And like curating more relationships, whether they be through families or, you know, your relationships or your friendships that have this understanding too. Cause I especially feel like as an empathic person who can mm-hmm. be like this introvert or extrovert, but like come off as an extrovert, people want you to continuously match your energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we should all have mutual understandings that, you know, like one of my, like another thing I remind myself and like what made me very emotional one day too was like, you know, every day, I am a new person and that doesn't mean I'm fake, but it's like, why would I, you know, obviously there's components of my identity and my character that I stay true to and I stay true to myself. But at the end of the day, we should all seek to like, you know, consistently and continuously evolve for the better. So like, you know, everyone can move forward with like accountability or knowing their past, whether it's been hurt or hurting someone else. But at the same time, um, what do you call it? See a brain for it. I'd be going so good and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the best of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. So I, I, I believe like I'm an ever changing like mm. human being and I believe everyone's capable of that, you know, exploring one, like how I identify as a multifaceted creative. So like when I'm not doing one of my crafts, you know, no one's holding me like under mm. obligation because I never said that's the only thing I do. Yeah, for you sure. You know, so, um, 
Yeah, definitely. I I feel like we are all continuously changing and trying and striving to be a better person, not only for you and the world, but, you know, like, that's what builds us together. So Mm -hmm. there's this balance between, you know, in, in like, in New York terms, it's like not giving a shit and giving a fuck. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to do both sometimes. And it's nothing (laughs) disrespectful, but it's like... You know, I it's think, because you're a ten. Yeah, like when I took time for myself, I was like, "What am I? I'm gonna lose out on this time spent with people, this and that." And I'm just like by myself. I was like, "Wait, people are always doing this," and I'm, mm. I'm, you know, it's time to be more involved with myself. And and you know, I've been like revisiting things that like made me happy, like when I was younger. You know, mm. like I like going to a little kawaii store with like Japanese imports and like finding mm. really cute stuff, or taking myself out on dates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, um, you know, reminding to, like, celebrate yourself because, like, as a Capricorn or anyone that's, like, you know, is just on their grind or hardworking, it's always remembered to, like, celebrate your growth and the point where you're trying to be um, before you, like, burn out to, to really right. enjoy yeah. the fruits of your labor. So and also where mm-hmm. with the age we are right now. Yeah. 20, 20, you're how? 24. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... This is the time of our lives where we need, should, might not want to be asking each other these questions. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I was, I was going to ask, um, mm-hmm. has being a teacher ever crossed your mind or oh. giving back to like kids younger than you and bestowing yeah. these gems that mm-hmm. you share? Not for sure. So I've definitely have. You know, young people in my life that I I feel like I always extend, you know, what I've learned and acquired to. I definitely feel these gems I've accumulated should also be put on. I don't think every lesson should be should be, you know, always learned, like, first-handedly. Yeah. I love to tell people, um, you know, through my experience. And then when it comes to, like, being in the community and giving, I'm always there for that, an initiative that I was working on um, and want to, like, continue working on is providing skateboards and skate parts to underserved communities. Yeah. Oh, dope. Because um, when I first started skating, it was mad random, like... I've been wanting a skateboard for so long and I, I barely have any family in the States. Um, mm. and I was visiting like my Thai family when I was like 12 or 13 in Florida. And like, I hadn't seen my great aunt in a minute and she just gave me like $120 and was like, go get yourself some candy. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I got my first skateboard yeah. that wow. day. Yeah, I got my first skateboard <laughs> when I came back to the city. And it's just like, and my skateboard has liberated to me to so many degrees oh, and given yeah. me so much empowerment and so many things like that that's a whole nother story and i i love it um so it's definitely it's all about like you know we find liberation and um and like joy through all these interests that we have but mm-hmm. they wasn't always accessible to us so i think whenever like you know i feel like i'm secure in some sense i always want to give back that feeling to someone else and like also, you know, that for, you know, like to teach and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm also want to curate, um, a film photo, you know, a film photography yeah. thing where we like pair up like photography mentor, mentors and then like, you know, younger kids within the community and yeah. each of them have a camera and work one on one. So I definitely think like, especially when it comes to my interests, cause I've, you know, gotten mentorship. I've like been assistant to people. Um, and I've been just around so many great people. So definitely like I do want to, like instill some 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 like sustainable community program at one point and like my art like shout out to all my art teachers or mm, after school teachers. Course, teachers like that yes, that's that's yeah. the thing too because even if I didn't find myself like someone who really enjoyed academics or being within the school environment like my art teachers and like my after school programs were like the only thing that kept me in school. Like I even like you know even if I cut school or something there were some of my art teachers they would let me cut school in side the art class because they were like yeah, yeah. at least i'm in the class like because i'd be like yo i'm gonna run out this door fifth period they're like why don't you just sit like down? right after lunch like, why don't you, you just sit stay? down and yeah. work on some ceramics like okay so is that how you found your artistic side especially like music yeah. or words and poetry mm-hmm, for sure um definitely being like 
like public school art teachers and yeah. growing like these intimate relationships with them and then like you know um so shout out miss wakia and mr moran from hses um so definitely um i think man brain fart again I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> no but yeah it's amazing and it's amazing how it, it really goes to show you mm-hmm. how imperative it is to keep art funding into schools. Yo, it's super substantial. Oh, and these after so school programs, like if it weren't for a lot of these like New York City public after school programs, right, yes. I wouldn't have like that insight, you know, or drive to like really keep going no. on some sense. Like I did like free art programs at International Center of Photography. That's how I learned how to do film photography at thirteen yeah. years R- old. Roy was a part of that last time. We had a, a photographer. Oh, for last yeah, week who that, was a part of that yeah. that's dope yeah. Yeah. yeah I used to do a dark room exchange too I, mm. I did like a a high school program in, in the MoMA oh at like the God, Rubin yeah. Museum all this stuff was mad sick and it really tapped into my genuine interest there'd be times I'd like cut school the whole day I'd be like mm. wait I gotta go downtown I, I got I got an after school program at three <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So, so yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, that, that's the thing too. So even like, um, you know, as like extending myself and what I've learned, that's why I think it's important to like instill community programs and, and all of that. And you're definitely right. Public school art funding is so important because a lot of these kids, like I wouldn't have had the resources to explore all these things that I can claim that I'm a multifaceted creative mm. now. Like I did not have access to a kiln or like, you know, clay or all of these great great things I got within these programs at my house. Mm. So especially, you know, and then having the priority go to underserved communities too, because even though it's a good experience for anyone, especially underserved communities, because they're less likely to be able to curate that experience or be exposed to these things in their like direct household. Yeah. Yeah. Just the idea of public schools to me at that age is... Mm. it's speechless in the sense of it's like what we said at the beginning beginning of the episode. You have to spend as much time with that self-care and exploring than when it Mm -hmm. comes to math, science, and history. Yeah. And I I think I was blessed with a good elementary school life where I got a good, you know, grounded education, but they also was able to open my eyes to theater, to to, to sports, to home ec, and, and all that stuff. That's definitely complementary to these things because we're we're not saying to like get rid of all these academics, but it's like more life yeah. skills and yeah. self sustainability. You know, like you know, a lot of like people are having more of these breakthroughs or tapping into the creativity. Um, like in their 20s or stuff like this mm-hmm. or all these interests mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, when I have a kid one day, I want to be able to put these things before them at a young age. Right. Yeah. Well. yeah. 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 Not like, you know, like 20, like, oh shit, like I'm going to learn how to cook or sew or something. <laughs> like I wish I was doing that since I was a kid. <laughs> right. Or when a kid says they want to be an artist when they're older and a parent or a teacher is like, no, you need a real job in quotes, whatever the fuck that means. What is a real anything? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Because, you know, so a lot of these titles are occupations. It's like when right. sometimes you go home, like, what what title does that serve you, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. I know all people have passions, but then there's some that, you know, we kind of settle for less than we deserve. So mm. definitely the hard work pays off once you're a working artist and creative, getting money and opportunities from the things that you love. But it's it's definitely, like, you got to be there for all of it. Yeah. You know, it's not glitz and glam. Like, you're not going to drop your first EP and your first song, and it's going to blow up. So just a reminder to keep on going. Yeah. Keep yeah. on swimming. Yeah. So, <laughs> keep on shout swimming. out. Shout out, Dory. Shout yeah. out, Dory. Yeah, shout out, my sis, Dory. <laughs> so when was your first breakthrough, like, into the art world or a self-realization even that... that um, helped I, you become yeah. the artist you are now, you know? I mean, I feel like just being able to have New York City in my roots, like, just yeah. really enabled yeah. me to flourish, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. um, it's like a lot of people come to New York City for certain things, and it's just different yeah. when you was, like, born in New York City. Um, and it's just been... I, I don't know, like my creative breakthrough. I'm just like 
constantly. I feel like there's so many. Yeah, I'm just exactly. <laughs> it's, it's hard to really put a definitive moment. Like but, things you um, can take from, yeah. Yeah, but it's just like I, I don't know, like just just navigating New York City. Like I swear, it's like <laughs> it feels like the most. Lit anime. <laughs> yeah. Ever, ever. You know, like so many things inspire me. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess, I guess the most, I would say like a breakthrough to some extent was just like surrounding myself around like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. Cause I think like that, that is something too that will Word. enable you to be your best where you're not around friends that like you're crazy. You can't do that. And you need more friends yeah. that are like, fuck it. Like, yeah. let's, let's do it. Like, it- you know, I support you this and that. So like being around more creatives where we like, we like just freestyle ideas and then like boom, next week we can make it happen. I think that's really beautiful. And, and just understanding that and, you know, because you need some friends that believe in those crazy ideas. Mm-hmm, for you know? sure, for sure. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm so happy that you brought that point up because I think a lot of artists actually nowadays, you know, they thrive on criticism mm-hmm. or they thrive on when people disapprove of their art or they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I remember- Malcolm, do you mean thrive in the industry or thrive? with their own self-perception so so i'll say this so i'm reading this book right now uh by alice walker and she brings up van gogh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. during like the last year of his life he was in a mental institution and he wrote this letter about how people viewed his art and why he feels like he has been satisfied with mm-hmm. the work that he's done and he says, uh, let's see, do I have a quote or oh, I think I have written down. So he talks about how society makes an artist's work difficult, more difficult than it should be. Mm-hmm. But it's the very cause of why artists thrive to make it as great it as it mm-hmm. as it is for mm-hmm. people for other people's acceptance so when mm-hmm. you bring up the idea of having a close friend group yeah. to always bounce ideas off of i was wondering like how do you how do you take other people's criticism in your work if you do it all yeah. you know what i mean I mean, to me, when it comes to criticism to my work, I just remember, like, you're not going to always be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's not even just artists. You know, it's politicians. Like, I, everyone, it's yeah, it's everybody. Like, I wouldn't want to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, you know? that, that's mm-hmm. fine the for purpose. me. Yeah. I, I would rather be some, like, lit-ass tea that, like, had so many <laughs> components and complexities that only the right palette the people with the right palette would actually enjoy me to my fullest and be like some basic ass tea that like ninety nine percent of the world accepts, yeah. You know, accepts and or, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it's always good to to have spunk and, and stuff. And I, I've definitely in the past been like criticized for my individualism, but mm-hmm. like I noted before, like these people have yet their own breakthroughs and self realizations to go through. If they're spending time on how you navigate the world, you know, especially if you're doing so without hurting nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody yeah. should be able to explore their facets and you know, definitely disapproval on some things you do. Do, but it's just more so it, like the disapproval comes more from like people that conform more to a society where that's too abstract for them so it's like yep. so it's like what mm. are you doing like none of us are doing that yep. and then you know five years from now more people will be doing that you'll be doing that too and you'll for, forget you used to like talk down on people that was doing that so at the end of the day you know not to be cliche, but some some people that that don't fuck with you or go out their way to hate you at the end of the day can be inspired from you. Yeah. Or you know, and I, you know, it's it's all love here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's this we're unaware of a major uh, cycle that mm-hmm. happens in just the way people treat each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even know what that is exactly, but the way that we respond with one another is mm-hmm. reciprocal. So whether we figure it out by the end of 2020, after the election, or mm-hmm. by 2021, I think as, especially because of this year, we know going forward how to talk to one another or have a better sense of how to understand one another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Most definitely. Communication is is um really key too. It really is. And I think a lot of people are trying to say like I saw a post in regards to this and a, a lot of people like to say like people within our generation or you know even people within certain demographics like oh y'all are sensitive or anything like this. This was a conversation I had with a couple friends where it's like when does sensitivity and being conscious of our senses become something of negative connotation mm -hmm, yeah. you know mm -hmm. so i feel like that's another thing is like people take mm -hmm. sensitivity and consciousness as like it's like what what's wrong with being aware and self-aware mm -hmm. you know totally so i definitely stand by that uh heavy as well yeah yeah and i and i totally get your sense of self-awareness mm -hmm. in in your song yeah. uh street rat and that's the only song that I've heard from you, yeah, but I'm working on the AP. Shit. No, yeah, 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 and, and do your thing, sis. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, and like we're gonna play the song for you on this episode, so you guys can hear it. And and in the song, we just totally get your sense of like mm -hmm. pride and like who you are. The song is really. Do you do you want to talk about the song and uh, how yeah. the process was creating well, it? Well, let's play it for yeah. the people right, right now, right. and then we'll, we'll, okay, we'll yeah. come back. Right yeah, okay, cool. So here is Street Rat. They said I can't take a street rat out of the street. Used to be chased with the belt, so you know I stay on the beat. They sleeping on me, so I put them to sleep. I play games when they want to cheat. Pop me the vice and I bring the heat. Stay in my kitchen if you ain't ready to eat. I've been winning too long, I'm past defeat. I'm running the shit, I stay on my feet. I've been quiet so long, now they mad when I speak. An angel slapped me, and a demon kissed my cheek. I'm getting that sour, that green, that leak. Refilling gas every day of the week. The fuel is busting, of course I reek. I'm drinking that Fiji, man, I'm at my peak. I'm not doing too much, that's just me. I got weight on my shoulder, not a dime Hit my math, I just don't have the time Metaphorically speaking, strain from preaching Yeah, someone's a disciple, but don't know who's teaching I'm sending these messages, I don't know Who I'm reaching Man, I love my family, even if they can't stand me Target locked, you can't get the key Bag and I'm sipping my tea. Hit me with the really, my hot cold. They said, Don't sweat if you're chilly. Man, you just real pretty silly. Shit grim and you bitterly. Fuck it, I watch cartoons to the tune. Cap and crunch, mad milk, no room. So just just talk us through like your process with it and how it came to be what it is. Uh, the funny thing about that song "Street Rat" was that I I took an insult into something beautiful. <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. So what's, oh, what sparked? What was the insult that sparked <laughs> wait, the song? That's so funny. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm like uptown, born and raised. Uh -huh. I like skate, rat, skate. You know, I eat batalitos for a dollar. Yeah. Please, yeah. It's okay yeah. out here. I drink a coconut water. <laughs> I have a good time off of five dollars, and mm -hmm. I love shredding. You know. So one of my exes called me a street rat. Who was oh. mad at me one day? He was like, "You're a street rat." You you know oh he said you can't take a street rat out the street. That's oh, what yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, right? <laughs> you can't take a street rat out Damn. the street. And I was yeah, like I because know. I because yo I've grown up in like New York City public school like I look at New York as my jungle. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah, know I don't yeah. care. You know so I was like more on my little like reckless like angsty younger self but it was still like just because I can make this pile of trash into a kingdom and have fun skating for hours and going around and like getting stuff from bodegas and this and that like that don't make me you know so I, that's that's the first bar of it because i i felt like that was somebody like within the community as well so mm. it was like where is this like 
classism or like yeah. shame for the fact that I can make do with what I have. And you know, I'm in a much different place from where I was before. But I just yeah, I always you take this as I would say like two years, like two thousand eighteen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand nine, two thousand nineteen. Mm. Um, and then I just did the music video recently. It was shot by my friend Mark Malav and my um, animated by my friend Sonia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of I I wrote. You know what? <laughs> you know the funny thing too. So not only did it come from like being told that, and I I sat with that, and I was like. I was like, you know, I was trying to like reflect on myself. I'm like, why would I look at myself at a bad aspect? Cause this is how someone perceives me from like, for me making like the best out of being in the hood and like living my fullest. Like I'm supposed to be in my crib depressed or yeah. something. Or it, it was just strange. So that, that was actually, I turned the, that was a, a note on mm. my phone. So it was like, can't take a street yeah, right yeah. out the street. And then I just sat with mm. it and then I, I just made a whole Facebook note. And then this one day I had an instrumental. I, I found an instrumental. I was like, wait, hold up. Like, and it wasn't the instrumental I ended up using, but I was like, wait, let me spit that. I was like, wait, hold up. And mm-hmm. it was pretty cool in the studio too. Like, um, street rap was like about like, I would say like 75% written. Mm-hmm. And then when I was like in a little home stew, like, I, I spit this stuff. And then actually when I spit all the street rap, I realized like, oh shit, this is mad short. You know, when when yeah. we record it, it was like, I thought I was going hard for three minutes and we record it. It's like, that's 30 seconds <laughs> or like 40 seconds. I was like, oh, shit. So the cool thing about Street Rap was I had it written. Um, I, We found the beat. I spit on it. And then I actually like stitched together the song. So like I spit it from what I already had and I listened to it mm-hmm. and then I added on from it. Yeah. So like I had the beat playing with the vocals on it and I listened to it and then I naturally hopped back onto it. So like even though that was written when the when the beat was playing and I heard what I already did, I continued off of it. So like part of it is stitched together with like a iPhone note and like a freestyle, mm-hmm. and then like we just kept stitching it. Um, you know when I stopped, I would see the time mark and be like, wait, I actually do got some more to say. And, yeah. <laughs> I say. But it's just so funny how everything just seemed to fall into place with that yeah. whole song. And wow, it's just so funny how. Something that could have destroyed you yeah. turned into something so beautiful. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's a metaphor for a lot of things that yeah. we see nowadays. I made it into like my little skate rat anthem. Like, for yeah, all, yeah, know? yeah. It turned into your anthem. Because at the end of the day, you know, like, man, that's why I said my breakthrough and my, re- my relevancy to my creativity and my craft came through just my roots and my soil being in New York City, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I really, like, a lot of people reached out to me about that song, was like, yo, I bumped this, I feel like you understand me, and, like, this and that, and I, I love that, and that's inspiring me to continue to do more, is because, you know, sometimes there's so many things we relate to and are relevant to us or strikes a certain chord in our throat, in our <laughs> in our heart you know um that it strikes a chord in our heart and so i think we all come from different narratives where we might spit something where we think it's mad particular to us but someone on the other coast is bumping that shit like oh man i feel this i feel this heavy so you know i think that's important to understand as an artist when we were bringing actually everything full circle back to like things not being you know disapproval from people not being accepted from society and stuff Mm -hmm. like Things will always come full circle. Right, and full circle. It, everything will fall into place. Um, so it's just all about like believing in, in yourself, and that's that's how you'll just thrive the most. And yeah, no, yeah, and I, and I, it's just example. Your song is an example of how songs are have always been and probably forever will be an example of like pain and criticism and love, mm-hmm. and it's just a a melting pot of. Yeah your emotions and what's magical is how you when you spread it to somebody on the Mm -hmm. west coast they connect to it because you know we all we're all cut from the same cloth yeah like people like we said like there's there there's classism in the hood at times Mm -hmm. but it's it's stuff like music that brings us together for sure and and then with street rat um i I don't know um your insecurities Mm -hmm. as a person but would you say that 
you use your insecurities in the street rat to make it what it is and make yeah. your message no. stronger. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel that and stand by that strongly because actually um, I have a lot of old bars too that I'm looking to, to drop and work on because my thing is like my whole persona and character that people still have to know of Bodega Kitty. Mm-hmm. And I, it's coming, like, I feel like the music I want to drop first, like, even though I'm in a different state of mind, I still want to talk about that dark time right. because it's like on some like X-Men origin shit for me. You feel me? <laughs> oh, word. So yeah. like, I feel like, word I feel up. like if you, it's like, you know, with the Phoenix, you know, yeah, birds yeah, yeah, and yeah. rises again. So it's like, I want to like, and I'm going to accompany this with visuals and stuff. So it's like, I just want to feel like I can talk about these things and come from that place, but like embrace it because, you know, mm-hmm. no one knows to come later, not even I. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely about embracing my roots and the dirt and all of that gritty shit. Uh, and I'm definitely going to touch base with my past, make my amends, drop that EP and then shed light into something beautiful and then shift it into more con- like even though my music is conscious but more conscious empath empathy um empathy like motivated like uplifting music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think too that shows a duality i don't need to come out this shit like on some like piece peace and love shit like off jump like i want to talk about where i came from and where my head was at before i got here so too like not only can people trust these narratives i think too it's important when people say these empathic things or these life shit to me the shit that resonates the most is if i know that person gone through it Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's hard to trust advice from people that you know that not you know but you're just not sure you're you're just not conscious of 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 what they've been through and not everyone has to tell their story but it's like easier for me to understand through somebody that 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 tells you about the blood, sweat, and tears of their journey, and then speaks from that versus like someone's just like you know just put a smile on your face or like something like that. Like you know, I love yeah, that's actually yeah. more unhealthy. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> way more unhealthy. So I definitely want to have that contrast because, like I said, people are ever changing human beings. Just because I said that yesterday, it don't mean I don't identify with it on a Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I am evolving and stuff, and I do want that transparency in my music to be like, hey, like. You know, it's a process. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to come out the woodwork. Like, everyone going to come together. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. This is talking about, you know, heavy shit, heavy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, um, I feel like lately I – this podcast was birthed from, because of the year 2020. Like, yeah. we wanted to get a chance to bring people together mm-hmm. and talk about forward thinking and forward ideas. Yeah. So – I can't stop thinking about there are some people today who find more comfort in staying in like dark times or like, mm-hmm. like in a bit, like a period of abyss. So w- how would you, w- w- I, I hate wording it like this, but what would you say to people who are choosing to live in the negative? Or, or like whenever in history. Yeah. I mean, sometimes those are those can inspire the greatest breakthroughs in people too. Yeah. So that that's the thing Facts. about duality and like light work. There's also shadow work. There's duality to two things. Like I said, it's it's important because some sometimes like if you want to become the best you are, sometimes you do have to to dwell and not dwell to the point that it's gonna make you stagnant. It's not gonna make you go nowhere. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if you really want to change your life or go through these breakthroughs like i feel like before i got to this this more like you know level-headed position i'm in where i have more understanding and stuff i was probably at like my darkest point Mm -hmm. in my life so i never want to shame nobody when they're feeling that but i also do want to want to recommend to them you know, um, to know that that's not where it ends at. And maybe because, you know, a lot of these things, a lot of those dark times mm-hmm. catch people off guard. Some people's darkest times isn't even when they went through some shit. It's like 
a year later, all this shit mm. just hit them. They got PTSD, X, Y, yeah. and Z. So it, it takes everyone their amount of time to reflect and stuff. Like, even my breakthroughs didn't come through immediately after some shiesty shit happened to me. Like, it may have came months later and I felt this clarity and all this. And it actually, my breakthroughs and my present well-being and the chapters I've gone through and all of that, you know, like, I actually honor still that part of me that was didn't think that I would ever see no light and not in a negative aspect, but literally see the sunshine when I'm the one that's put blackout curtains on my window to mm. the perception of life. Mm. So I never want to shame people for when they feel like that. But I would, I would say like, what, what are you, it's about like what you're sitting with. And what you want to take with Because we could sit... like we, I could sit here and I could sit with dark feelings. Mm-hmm. But it's when I stand up, am I going to take that with me? So it's about not only knowing we've gone through these things and learning from that, but learning to detach ourselves from these lived experiences. You know, mm-hmm. the, that's the other thing, the understanding of, you know, your mind, body, a spirit, and soul, you know. We're much more besides this uh, physical, physical vessel. So I, I think it's important, too, to understand, like, that the more, one of my greatest breakthroughs too, I would say, is like being in the present. The pre, yeah, you know, yeah. the presence, the present, and the presence is it's a gift. That's what I always mm. tell myself. It's a gift. So so you know, even if the past was bad, like you know, that's that was my biggest breakthrough. Like I had, I carry so much weight on my shoulders, so much sadness, so much trauma and stuff. And that's that's real. That's real. PTSD is real. So many things are real mm. and stuff. But, you know, I learned, like, no one can do that work for me. And it's not wrong of me to not have started that work sooner. But I had to detach myself from these things so my my present can reflect what I want my future to be and stop, you know, having my perception of my present be a reflection of what my past was if it's not in a positive connotation. Like, I only want my past in relevancy if it's because I want to just reflect and know I'm doing better. But I never want to sit with my sadness and return there again, you know, but it, yeah. it is, it's okay, it's okay, and it's fine to sit with your feelings, like, a lot of things are deep, and a lot of things hurt people in different ways, it's um, important. and and that's too, I don't suggest we constantly perform in society too, like, I talked to my friend the other day, and it was like, you know, we don't always want to be happy, and we, we need people to accept ourselves in all of our forms, because how can we encourage empathy and community but we have less understanding for people, like we said earlier, like, it's like, you know, like when you don't have that consistent energy, people think you acting weird or something happened or this and that. Yeah. But people are just sitting with things at different times. So this is like the whole concept of understanding. This is why I love the use of multi, multi-dimensional, multi-faceted, all of these things, the, the understanding for all of this and, and that's that's also too like under unconditional understanding and love is is met through that understanding um because people tend to think they compromise themselves when they understand somebody but at the end of the day we're all going to come from different aspects unless it's you know like you know hateful or you know causes harm to someone we'll all come from different places and if we're having a conversation to have insight on where we're coming from no one's compromising because there's nothing to win or lose Mm -hmm. but something to gain and we can always learn through others and not only through ourselves so you know sometimes even someone else's pain will teach you you're not over your own pain maybe you got to see someone you know maybe they having a breakdown about their family they follow their relationship something and you're like you think they're sweating it blah blah that blah this and that and then later that shit might hurt you, hit you at like 9 p.m like you know what like damn i got yeah, some family like, issues too like and it's just like you know and then people talking about things encourages like that discussion to be had like you know i'm often my friends talking about what's what's on their mind but you know i also but also you have the respect for yourself to have boundaries if you're going through some shit respectfully and you can't mm-hmm. handle mm-hmm. that because that's that's respect too like you know yeah. i'm all yeah. here for my friends and you know i have felt in the past like oh no one's there for when i'm doing you know i'm going through this and shit but at the end of the day, like, you've been thinking you're going through it and you think your friend not there for you, your friend going through it 10 times harder. I know when scale is on the same, but, you know, it's just like it all goes back to this understanding of all of us as human beings navigating 
this like life and i think that's mass substantial when it comes to like communication and like sustainable mm-hmm. relationship is like this acknowledgement that we're human and keeping your heart open. yeah and not to shame ourselves for the shit we go through you know i yeah. especially think in the context of you know a lot of people tapping into activism and health and wellness and stuff i think one thing i i want to speak to speak about and want to promote as a mm-hmm. musician is the the importance of mental health mm-hmm. you know i feel like mental health like that it's, it's it's uncomfortable for some people but a lot of people i feel don't like, want to have that type of yeah a lot of people don't have those conversations but i i think one big thing i want people to sit with is like what aspects of mental health do they regulate and find normal and what do they consider like extreme you know mm-hmm. because i i've seen me or even other people go through their hardest stuff and the people that will preach mental health awareness and this and that are the same people with like you know like destructive tendencies towards people that you know because there's mm-hmm. all this language surrounding things you yeah. know because like breakthroughs and all these things show up in different ways people having epiphanies like maybe someone's sitting with some shit they haven't sat with for like 10 years and stuff mm-hmm. so i think it's important too to be around a friend group that you feel comfortable with and also too you know especially during this time where people might be showing things more than ever because this is a very complicated time is to really sit with your perception of mental health and what is or what is not okay and then tell yourself who are you to determine what's um acceptable yeah Mm -hmm. right right and it just brings me back to my i'm all about giving back to Mm -hmm. my community like giving back to children younger than me so when you think about different organizations like the jed program Mm -hmm. which advocates a lot for teen mental health you think about not only the different types, but how it circulates in the hood and other mm-hmm. and, and low income areas because we don't get resources yeah. like that. And our form of coping with that mental health is places like the basketball court or, mm-hmm. or in staircases or exactly. barber shops. Mm-hmm. And that's our way of therapy. Mm-hmm. And we, we, like, Yeah, mental health is just such becoming more like in the mainstream of things like mm-hmm. people want to address it yeah. more than ever mm-hmm. but there are, are countless amount of factors when it comes to funding in universities that yeah. where it becomes a problem and then getting the right kind of therapist that look like you uh-huh. and, and look like this person so yeah. I'm glad that it's becoming more and more of a conversation mm-hmm. piece but th- there's always more that we can do about it. For sure. When it comes to mental health, there's a lot of unlearning and learning, especially like, you know, just being in America and understanding how they design a lot of these institutions and systems not for the betterment, you know, mm-hmm. of black and brown people. So I think that's like important to acknowledge um, that these resources aren't, aren't available. Um, yeah, that's why I think it's really important. It's like, you know, people should have more universal understanding. You know, a lot of people think a lot of things are within people's control, and it's not. We have to address the, the racism and classism in society that yeah. leverages more advantages and privileges to others that don't. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. How, how do you want to bring... When when you think about yourself being mm-hmm. a poet and a songwriter, mm-hmm. do you would you consider yourself a a, a political artist or or, um, or like a spiritual artist? And because yeah. as as we have this conversation, mm-hmm. it it's clear it's yeah. as clear as day that you strive to make the betterment of yourself and mm-hmm. the better of the people that you affect. So when it comes to as we hear as we hear street rap. How do you want to start using your platform to address social issues and issues mm-hmm. in your community? For sure. Um, I definitely would say, um, like, I create music that honors, 
like radicalism, liberation to many to many degrees. And I want to yeah. sometimes I want to be real explicit about shit, uh, of course. you know, on a political scale and stuff. But I do dilute it slightly so it's just a little more universal for the sake of like, oh, you understand these concepts and now you apply them. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I might not shout out the mayor or this and that and stuff, but I'll definitely touch base within my music um, to to certain realities or or universal truths or things we may be ignoring and not speaking about. Um, so I kind of like with my photography too. And like, you know, with a lot of my arts is like, I like to just kind of shine light on the stuff that's just seeping in the shadows and stuff, mm. the, the real gritty stuff, the, um, real New York stuff. And I think there's like definitely, um, when you come from certain places to your relationship with yourself and spirit or whatever you believe in is ultimately so strong because that's what you had from the jump, you know, mm-hmm. even if you don't acknowledge it till, till later. So I definitely want to, to like, um, promote self-awareness and, and, you know, universal truths and, and like, Empathic, empathic, like, um, revelations and, and, and all the, all these things. Definitely want to touch base on it. Um, and then just like, po- you know, positivity and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I might not be telling my girls to chase the Birkin, but I'm like, I want them to chase, <laughs> chase, Chase uh have the wanting to chase something something you know? bigger than you. Yeah, yeah. I, that that's the thing when um especially when it comes to spoken word. Um like I just I to me like I I think I still I think in everything I do I, I have wide eyes for everything. Like I have wide eyes for the world and yeah. stuff and this interest and stuff. So even if like, you know, the the cool thing about wordsmiths and this and that, they can take something so simple and and make it so intricate and, and complex. So, you know, I, I like doing that too with my wordplay and, and stuff like that. And just like, you know, just rethinking how you look at stuff, you know. I think we perceive so many things as normal or underappreciated. But when you really like write out the details of it, like, mm-hmm. it, it's just always um interesting. Yeah. To you, say the very uh, least. You exist in so many forms and spaces. Yeah. What do you hope to do in the next couple of years? Like, what's next for you? Yeah. In, in so interesting. Yeah, like, where do you years? see yourself in five years? In five? It's so weird because, like, you know, more stuff has been, like, working in my favor. So. Hell yeah. I mean, ideally, yo. <laughs> I, we I love get, it. <laughs> ideally, I get, like, just paid to make the moves I love. Mm-hmm. Like, I noted before, like, my true liberation will be like getting getting checks and bread just being myself which mm-hmm. i'm getting closer to um you know i just like showing up and being myself i want to travel the world i'm putting that uh, yeah, out there yeah we spoke a little bit about uh-huh. that when we first met yeah like i definitely want to travel and i feel like there's so much um to learn you know like if we out here discovering universal truths in the hood or like, or, or we, we have this place as our, as our playground in New York City running around and shit. That shit's so much more lit when you take a flight out of here. Yeah. And I just want to see what the world has to offer, whether it be like communities and social settings, like it's lit over there. They doing that or, or even like just to go somewhere to be like, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like surrounded by like peace and mm-hmm. like greenery and stuff like that. And I, I just want to have more like, you know, not only do I want to freestyle when I rap, but I want to freestyle this, this life shit. You know, I, it's always good to set intentions and have consistency by like a little of that spontaneity in my moves. So I would just put out there in five years, I see myself, um, you know, Doing creative things, doing chasing the doing bag, you, yeah. and having my flights paid for. And co- <laughs> complimentary food is always a plus. Yeah. So, Can yeah. you ever imagine yourself living not in New York? 
Yeah, I've actually, me and my boyfriend, we went to Denver not too long ago. Denver was lit. Yeah. Um, I mean, every time I'm in New York City and shit starts getting in the groove, I'd be like taking back what I said, where I'm like, I gotta get out of here. And then I was Facts. like, I was like, oh, wait, wait, there's, there's something popping here for us. Yeah. Um, so like, I would say I am willing to leave New York for an amount of time. Um, cause to me, being born and raised in New York, mm-hmm. I know that this place will always be home, mm-hmm. and I do enjoy my time away from it. But I always be a New Yorker at heart, so I'm not sure. Like you know, me and my boyfriend, we were like looking wherever in this world that like it, I would still say the mission is the same. Yeah. Because you know, I'm so grand, like blessed to have you know my my partner and. For me, like home feels like and like like that song. Like, yeah, yeah. Home is wherever I'm with you. I love yeah. I oh, that, song. that song. <laughs> home, let me come home. Yeah, I yeah. felt that song. So that's how I feel with my man's though. So I'm just yeah. like you know, I'm building. I just moved into a new apartment in Harlem. Mm-hmm. It's been going cool. My room's really steezy. Um, but like I've just been, you know, cause home is like you know, I know where my roots are. That'll always be home. It's like it's like no matter where you go, you know where you you came from, your mother's womb type mm-hmm. shit. Like you know where you come from, and you know where where you can come back to. Um, but I definitely, um, I feel like when you're with the right person or you're in the mind, right mindset, like home isn't mad definitive. Like home is like limitless. And like to me, I, it's just about finding places that emulate a sense of home. And that's not definitive right. to the, like the physical space. It's like the feeling of comfort. And, and you feel that with Denver? Yeah, Denver was pretty pretty lit because it was like out in um, yeah, it was some recreational bud. Yeah, we were yeah, walking yeah. by, going to the Rocky Mountains. It was really cool, and we liked that it was like you know it was like New York City but Cali vibes, and it was really cool. I think the way that I would ideally like to live my life is to live places for like set amounts of time. Mm, yeah. That that would be ideal. Like you know, I worked on this film. See you later. Shout out Anna. Um, and I was living in Puerto Rico with their grandma for like a month and that was like really cool. And then like, you know, once I started traveling more and stuff, I was like, sheesh, I want to have the bag straight that like, I could be like, yo, I want to live there for a month. Of course. And that, that, that's, that's the, that's the thing. Um, cause even though it's like, you know, F capitalism, this and and that in the society, money does Mm. get you these experiences and things you want. So I guess where I want to see myself in five years is having the sustainability to, like, make moves without second-guessing it. Like, mm. I want to be, like, I want to go there, and I'm going to go around crib for this amount of time, and I'm going to do what I have to do there or what I want to do there. And it's not like, oh, my bank account, ouch, yeah. you know? Because mm, that's, yeah. that's the sad part for a lot of yeah. people that they have all these dreams mm-hmm. but fortunately they don't have the money to do it yeah as we, we have to mm-hmm. um wrap up soon but there's just one more question yeah, i want to totally. ask you this hour has been amazing for the both Thank of us you. and i'm so glad that we were able to talk to you today and as for we you. sign off i want to know how do you define success Mm. Success. Um, I think success is different for everyone. Like I said, yeah. I'm all about this full circle shit. Mm-hmm. And to me, success, to me, success is me getting to be whoever I want to be and not worry about the, the burdens of housing, finances, resources, and food. And be able to create without boundaries and limits. Um, that's what success would be to me. And, you know, to have my sanctuary, to have my space and success. I, I, I'm feeling, you know, even closer to my success than usual lately. Mm-hmm. And like I reflected mm-hmm. before, it's because I'm in more spaces where I can authentically be myself. And that's, that's where I want to be. Yeah. I just want to be my authentic yeah. self, get paid to do it, um, make people smile and do good for the world. Um, well, it's out there now. Yeah. yeah. The intentions out there. The intentions are out there and I wish success for everybody. Um, but success is beyond material. Just remember that. For sure. Yeah. Many for sure. people define success by material. Mm-hmm. And then when the material has gone, it feels 
empty. Like you've lost everything, but that's <laughs> only mm-hmm. because you've put so much value on that. You're you know? attached to the material. Yeah. yeah, attached to the material and could have lost very significant, priceless things all for that effort that can one day go away. And, and we sadly gained that mentality from music growing up, like, mm-hmm. real quickly. Like, when I was 10, it was, like, big house, fancy car, yeah. and, you know, it's easy it's to It's in the culture. The, the, the yeah, culture yeah, yeah, promotes yeah. more and more as soon as we're born. It's yeah. yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta spit about um ac- like generational wealth yeah, yeah generational like, that's wealth that's access exact. to affordable housing right. <laughs> of course yeah community well, meal shares <laughs> thank you so much yeah. for coming well, into the studio today thank, thank you. you it was an honor to speak with you today we shout wish out you uptown yes shout out all the bodegas <laughs> all of them we want to wish you and your boyfriend the most best of luck in the upcoming lifetime yeah Bless up, stay up, Uh stay true. Well, this is episode three, y'all. I'm Malcolm. I'm Will. And we'll see you uh, for episode four. We'll see you at the end of November for the next three. Live, love, laugh. Peace, enjoy. Take care. Peace. Through the Mic is hosted, written, and produced by Malcolm Callender and Will Ehrenfreund. The show is mixed, edited, and distributed by Gotham Podcast Studios. Our theme song is Through the Mic, written and produced by Ibu Carell, and our artwork was done by Reed Oka McLaren with photography from Todd Estrin. If you like the show, please consider sharing it with your friends. Know someone you'd like to hear on the show? Send us an email at themikepodcast1 at gmail.com. Again, that's themikepodcast1 at gmail.com. Let's keep the conversation going. And as always, thank you for listening.